follow your curiosity, find your passion, and keep it. That's what we're talking about today. On the podcast today, we interview someone who actually found out how to make his living doing something that he loved. And I swear to God, if he can do it with his niche, there's at least a chance for you to do it in whatever topic that's got you excited. Now, is there something that you are kind of like dreaming of pursuing? Is there some interest that's growing for you? Or maybe you're like a lot of us and you can't even tell what you're actually interested or passionate or curious about because your life is so crammed with responsibility and obligation. Well, if that's you, welcome to an episode that you're going to love. Okay, it's a heavy-duty, full-on glorious, interesting, quirky, and human example of someone finding their own way. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Go! <laughs> I like that one. This is The Fizzle Show. Where every Friday, we publish another conversation for people creating businesses to live life on their own terms. We know it's possible. We have done it. We are doing it. But we also know that it's difficult. It's possible. It's amazing. And it's difficult. And that's why we do The Fizzle Show. Now, if you want to go deeper than just podcast episodes, if you want to pursue more in-depth guidance, if you want to create your business or make your existing business fun again, or just get a creative project off the ground with the chance that it can actually earn you some extra money, well, we've created something just for you. And it's not what you think. It's not a course. It's a bunch of courses on all the things you need to know. And they're really enjoyable. And it's not what you think. You don't do it alone. No, you do it in community. There are a ton of us, and we motivate, encourage, and support each other. It's difficult, but it's amazing to create a side project or a full-time business that helps you live life on your own terms. And that's why we want you to try Fizzle. As a listener to this show, we want to give you a five-week free trial when you go to fizzle.co slash try five, because it's possible, it's amazing, and it's difficult what you're trying to do. So let us help you. Head over to fizzle.co slash try five to start your five-week trial right now. Now, this is a special episode of the show, okay? It's Steph and I interviewing a guy called Ross Simmons. Now, for three and a half years, Ross has been growing a following on Instagram around origami. And get this, it's paying for his life. <laughs> this is how he earns his living now. Okay, now Ross has been featured on USA Today, CNN. He's worked with huge international brands like Red Bull and Adidas. Again, origami. <laughs> and his story is intoxicating to me because it's such a great example of someone finding their own way. Now, my dream for you listening to this is that after listening to it or during listening to it, while you listen to it, you might, I don't know, have a, have a little more of a sense of trust in that little voice that, uh, that kind of can come up inside you, your intuition or whatever you want to call it, just the things that are your preferences who you are, I don't know, uh, that maybe you would decide to actively pursue something in some small and meaningful way that you personally are interested in. 
right? That maybe you'd research your situation a little to see if you're, if you're maybe choosing success in your life over yourself, your happiness, your enjoyment, your, I don't know, your like, like wonder in the world or something like that. That maybe then that you would see with some fresh eyes, how wonderfully and diverse are the ways the internet can enable you to grow an audience, serve customers and earn revenue. That revenue. That that's what I really want. I want you to see how wonderfully diverse are the ways you can earn revenue, earn a living doing something thanks to the tools of the internet. Ross is a great example of that. Okay? So, here's Steph and I interviewing Ross Simmons to share his story of interest, curiosity, and modern business success with you. Enjoy. He begins by talking about this job that he had at an advertising agency that he just hated. And I just find myself questioning, like, why am I here? You know, yeah. I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't getting paid what I, what, I, what I thought I would be paid. I, or what I felt I deserved for the amount of work I was putting in. So when and you look, when you look I, back on that, what was it that like that, what was it that was so unfulfilling about it? You mentioned like, okay, I wasn't getting paid enough, but there sounds like there was more than just that, that like, it was like, if you were getting paid an awful lot, you still would have been going like, is this it? Is this, is this it? Like, what were the things that you were like, <laughs> no, is this, this isn't enough. It was, it was a lot of this stuff was about me coming up with an idea or sitting in a team and we brainstorm this, I don't know, like I worked in advertising. So yeah. you're sitting around and everyone's talking and you can feel there's, there's quite a vibe going and it's a good idea. It's like, man, dude, that's a good idea. And you, yeah. you feel this whole thing at the beginning stages of a project coming, coming, turning into something. And that feeling just through the process of, you know, the whole corporate system by the end of the project looks absolutely nothing. Firstly, you don't get credited for the idea, mm. which is as a creative person, I mean, it's, it's not always about the idea, but those are the things that we are, that that's what we do. We create, we make, and we come up with good ideas. So when you don't see, or when you see an idea at the end or what was your idea or what something you were part of that was this beautiful, amazing creative piece turn into nothing at the end. You just like, okay, well maybe the next project will be better yeah. and maybe the next project will be better. And it just, I just found that every time there was something, not only from my side, from everyone that I worked with, mm. something that's a really good idea that just was born in the, like a, a, you know, sitting in a meeting or whatever, just never turned into, it always just had so many, barriers to getting to where it should be. So you're talking about this, thought, this moment of, of like, the, I, I love where you're talking about that, that, that like uh, you're sitting in a group of, and then, you know, you can picture the creative advertising room and it's like you know, the, the balls being passed around and everybody, and you're building this idea. It's like the, this is coming together moment. But then that was completely neutered for you from the sort of like the outcome of it. So you got, it almost seems, it seems to me what it, what it feels like to me, as you're saying this, it's making me think of those moments where things are coming together. And then there's just like, it's like it's, there's no fulfillment of this thing that's coming together. It turns into something else because management needs it to be or something, something like that. But you like, you've been turned on by this process. You're like, wait a minute, this was good. This was good. This was life. This was life giving. This was invigorating. This was 
Is that what it was like? Am I hearing you right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. It was, I could feel like those little moments of, and it was, it was working in a team and it was seeing these ideas being passed around. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be the best thing I've ever worked on. And by the end of it, you just want to, but you just want to die, man. It's like, well, you do, you die a little bit inside. I mean, there's, there's a part of you that's just like, I can't do this anymore. Now, what was, what was the thing that made you want to die though? Like, help me understand more about that. That feeling of like, I put so much effort and creativity and thought and passion and inspiration into that. And at the end of it, it was just like, what really? The client didn't like the blue line. Or whatever, you know, it was just like, guys, really, is this really what happened to this whole project? And eventually I just, it it caught up to me and I was just like, well, I think it's time to get out of here. So, so you mentioned that you, you were like the whole time you're working at this agency, you were making these little origami things just like throughout the office. Tell me, tell me about like what that looked like in your just work environment. So I, the first time I ever folded a little paper crane was, I was about 21. My brother asked me to fold something for a project he was busy with. And I folded that and it just, it was a habit. It became this thing that I just always did. It was my cool party trick, fold the little paper thing and give it to the girl at the party, whatever. It was just, that's all it ever was. Yeah. And as, yeah, I mean, that, that was, it was never more than that until I decided in, it was about 2013 while I was working at an ad agency as a web developer. So I was building websites that I, I wanted to get into this origami thing a bit more. I'd, you know, I had a lot of free time at work because I'd, I'd finish all my work and then have my project manager standing kind of glaring over me. Watching me fold these little while I'm supposed to be putting a website live or sending a link to a client or something, he's peering over my shoulder, and there I am doing like a, a duck origami tutorial or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, just let me finish this and I'll do the work, you know. And I, I realized at that point maybe this origami thing is is more than just a a distraction. It mm. started becoming something that I was just doing all the time. I would whenever there was someone new that started at the office, I'd give them like an intern or whatever, I would just leave these little, uh, uh, very basic origami folds, um, all around the office. And then towards the end of 2013, I, I had started an Instagram account and I only ever posted origami onto it. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much all that that was on that um, account. So I just thought, well, why don't I try and get better at origami and document it in some way? And I'd had the idea, well, I'd been inspired by the idea by um, an author by the name of uh, Wayne Dyer. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know who Wayne Dyer is. Anyway, yeah. he was a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he did a project where he dedicated an entire year of his life to uh, meditation practice. And it was uh, based on the Tao Te Ching, mm-hmm. which is the way of life kind of... He took the book and for every parable or proverb that was in the book, he meditated for so many days on that. And when I heard he did this full year project dedicating that, that whole year to something that was going to mean something to him, I was inspired by that. So I thought, well, why don't I do that with origami? Why don't I try and document origami a, a sort of yearly journey? So I thought, cool, 2014, I was just going to fold, photograph and post onto Instagram a, a figure each day of the year. And that's how it started. And it was day one of 365 on the 1st of January, 2014. 
I had about, I don't know, 120 followers or something. It, it was never about that. It was just to keep a, a record, a digital record of the, the stuff that I'd folded. That's yeah. what I wanted it for, you know? Yeah, and so... So take me back. Okay. I love this. I love this. I love that you, so you heard about this story uh, of how Wayne Dyer did this year long thing. That was like a project dedicating this year to this, some little practice, just like, this is going to be a little totem for me throughout the year. Um, and you're like, I could do that. But before that, take me back to this moment again, where you're like this, like describe for me this moment when you're in your office and you're like, maybe this origami stuff is more than just a distraction. Like take me into the, like into the, like what were you wearing and, and, and tell me what it felt like to have that feeling. I I think it was more the feeling kind of, it wasn't this like, Oh my God, what is this moment? It was like, it, it kind of happened over time because what happened is I eventually just, I started feeling I was working and, I was working late nights and I was told that I couldn't go to this and that because I, I had to work and whatever. And I was just like, I don't need this in my life. So I quit my job. And when I quit my job, that's when I realized like, wow, I can actually focus quite a bit on this origami thing. Cause it was, it was nothing more than just a, a sort of side project at that stage. Yeah. And I quit my job. I mean, I didn't think cool. I was going to make money from this. I was, I was doing freelance web development work. I'd started a little business, electronics based business with mm. a friend of mine. So that's in my mind how I was going to make money after I quit my job. Yeah. So the origami thing was just, it was just ticking over and people were only speaking to me about that. They weren't asking like, so how's the freelance work going? They're like, dude, this thing you're doing on, on Instagram is really cool. Yeah. I was like, thanks. Okay. Well, it's, it's cool for me too. I enjoy it. Keeps me out of trouble. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting better at, I was watching myself getting better at it and understanding the art of of origami, which is what I set out to do. And I think when I, when I realized that it was a little, when I got paid for the first time to do an origami job, it was an installation I had to do. I was asked to fold about 250 little origami pigs Mm -hmm. for a, a, it was a restaurant. They wanted something for, for one of their, it was just like a little display. Yeah. So they said, cool. Could you send us a quote? I was like "A, a quote that, that means you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, well, that's kind of cool. So I sent them the quote. Didn't have a clue of what, a, what you should charge for something like this, but I made money from it. And I remember that being quite a significant moment because I felt I'm doing this thing that I enjoy that I would have never expected to get paid for. And now someone has asked me to do that for them and they're going to pay me for it. So something there happened and I was like, well, maybe I should start paying a bit more attention to this yeah. and maybe turn it into something. And it was around then that I decided I was going to brand the Instagram account and the yeah. origami project. So that's, I, I called it white, white on rice. Yeah. That was a, a, obviously a play on white, the color of rice, the color of paper being like the color white all over rice. I mean, you've got it covered. Yeah. You, you know, the, the term, if you, if you've never heard it before. Yeah, we've heard it. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and I thought that's a pretty cool name for a origami brand. And so I, I called my account, it, it changed from, I think my, my alias was Kelvin Rockstar or something. I, yeah, don't ask, uh-huh. but, and I've changed it from that to white and rice. And, and when that, when I named it and when I called it something else, it was no longer this guy in this little fishing village at the bottom of Africa folding paper. It was like this origami inspired lifestyle brand. 
Yeah. And that's when I started getting contacted for, you know, a couple of like, hey, Ross, could you fold this for us? How much would it cost for that? And this was about halfway through the year. And again, my, my focus wasn't the money. It, it didn't change. My focus was still to fold 365 different designs. Yeah. So that's what kept me going. And I was watching myself get better at it. Obviously, I mean, you know, your, your, my following was increasing. I was getting more likes and comments on all the photos and stuff. But I still just reminded myself because I, I knew why I got into it. And that was to get better at origami. That was it. And as the year went on, I got featured by Instagram and my account just, yeah, just caught a light. It was, it was incredible. And, and even now, I mean, you, where I am now is just like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. But as, as the year went on, more people started contacting me. I, you know, I got more and more requests for little bits and pieces. And when I started making little animations, I started making um, stop frame animations, which is, again, it was just my desire to create. And just to make stuff and do different things. I love film. Yeah. I love music and sound. So I thought, what would be a cool way to take this paper folding? And I had a basic understanding of animation and stop frame animation. And let's put it together. Put a couple of those out on Instagram. And that's when brands started seeing, hey, he's telling little stories with these paper figures. He's following. Is you know, it's not bad at this stage. Let's see how much he would charge for a little animation for our brand. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, that's where it really kind of started for me. And that was at the end of, end of the project, end of the year around uh, December, 2014. And it was then I just decided, I remember just deciding to myself, I'm not going to do any other work. This is what I want to do. And mm. yeah, that was nearly two years ago. No, it was but more than, more than two years ago. Yeah. By the way, Boss, I love when you yeah, when going. you reached out to us. Uh, I love that you described yourself as an accidental origami artist. That totally just like <laughs> captivated me. I love the way that you described that. So I guess one thing I'm curious about is it, so you're going through 2014, right? You're starting to gain a little bit more of a following. You're doing the freelance work. I'm curious to know because you sort of mentioned it seems like it was somewhat of an intentional decision to keep this. Instagram project, something that was really not something that you were relying on for income, right? It was sort of like a playful thing. You, it seems like you wanted to preserve the sort of, I don't know, just the creativity of it. You, you weren't trying to monetize it. Was that a conscious decision for you through the course of that year? I have to imagine that you had a moment in 2014, maybe halfway through when things were starting to pick up, you're getting more likes and comments. Did you have any moment before that restaurant reached out to you for the installation where you thought to yourself, could I get paid for this? Could I turn this into a business? Like, and is that something that you consciously decided not to do? I'd be, I'd love to hear more about that. So that, that's, it's a great question. I, I honest, I can honestly say that before I got, even after I'd been paid for that first job, even then I didn't think I was able to make any more money. I thought that was that. I was like, cool. I got paid to do my hobby. That's it. You know, I can, I can die a happy man. <laughs> yeah. And I never thought, even before then, I didn't think ever that I could get paid for that. It was, it was honestly never, ever, ever about money. Uh, but as soon as my focus shifted, as soon as I decided, well, I can, if I fold a lot of these, I can charge more money and I'm pretty quick at folding them and I'm pretty good at folding them and people are asking me to do it. If I do this regularly, I could make quite a bit of money. And it was at that point, and that was only towards the end of the year. I honestly, like every time I started thinking like, oh, are people going to like this? Or will this bring in more work? Or, and I still use this. It's like, I think about what is the next thing, or I was thinking about what was the next thing I was going to fold. It went down to the basics of what is the next piece of the color piece of paper I'm going to use? And am I going to fold a rabbit or a duck or a horse or whatever? And so, I mean, in a 
not to get too, you know, I don't know what the word is, but like on a spiritual level, it was kind of like, just focus inward and remember why you started this. Because if you keep going back to that, surely the same things will happen, you know, or these, these crazy things will happen. And I honestly go back to that when I start thinking about, whoa, because I get, you know, I get asked to do interviews and, and, and all this stuff that's just, and we'll get into that, but it's, it's crazy. And I just go back to like, is this what I want to be like, how can I make sure that I'm doing this for me? And it's kind of like, just focus on what I'm doing right now and bringing it back directly to that next fold, which was for, for me during the project was, what is the next thing I'm going to fold? Don't worry about the likes. Don't worry about the comments. Don't worry about any money that, that uh, it could potentially come in. What is the next thing I was going to fold? And I just keep, kept coming back to that. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about that right there. What have you learned about that, about remembering why you started this? I th- oh, look, there's so much. But I think the main thing is that I think, well, what I have definitely learned is that I think what I was taught about how to make money and how to be happy and how you should live your life was all wrong. It was, it was very, well, it might be right for some people, but it was very wrong for me in terms of, you know, you go to school, uh, this is how, this is what you need to study. This is how you're going to make money. And no one ever tells you that, like that little whisper that you have inside you that's telling you like, hey. Maybe you should just go fold this little origami thing or draw this thing or do whatever. We're not taught to listen to that. So when things do get crazy and I'm, I've got a lot on the go and I'm whining because, you know, no one's uh, getting back to me about work or whatever the case is, I just go back to that, like that, that what is going to make me happy right now? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one thing that I, I still go back to, like if I'm in a weird place and I, I don't really know if, I'm, if work is going to come in or you know, where this whole thing is going, which happens often on, on a regular basis. I, I just go back to, well, let's just fold something and, and see what happens. Calms me down and, you know, and, and something always comes of it. I love this. Ross, I love one thing you said. I want to just repeat it back because it's like totally resonating with me. I focus on the next piece of paper that I'm going to fold. Yeah. That to me is just such a beautiful, simple reminder of, and we've talked a lot, a lot about this on the Fizzle Show lately on controlling what you can actually control, right? I think a lot of us want to believe and we're tempted to believe that we control the outcome. So the Instagram followers, how many people comment, what the next job is going to be. But really what you're saying, I think what I'm getting out of this is if I can just figure out like what is literally the next color of piece of paper that I'm going to fold when I fold the next little origami peg. I love the, the, the idea that this is kind of like your anchor that helps you figure out, I can't control all like all of the things that are going to come of this, but I can control the very next project that I do. And I'm just going to keep going with that. So I just love that you were able to center yourself on that. Uh, yeah, Steph, I totally agree with you. And it's almost like in choosing to do that, that is actually the key to getting the things that you want to come into your life. I know that sounds bizarre, but it's- No, it's, I get chills it, from that. That's amazing. It, it works. And, and, <laughs> it's, and it, it, what's, what's very strange for me is in hindsight, and as I'm speaking now, I'm also feeling kind of, I'm buzzing a bit. <laughs> me too. <laughs> because it's like, it, looking back, everything that I learned from books, from, like I said, listening to podcasts, to seeing interviews, and it just everything, 
that I've learned, I've applied, but not consciously. And it, it comes back to, well, just listen to what is going on inside you. I, I mean, personally, I had to go through quite a bit of a, just, you know, I, everyone does. I'm not saying it was me only, but you, the, as soon as I started looking inwards and finding out who I was and what I liked and why I did certain things and worked out what my strengths and weaknesses were. And yeah, that started happening when I was about sort of 30 years old. And when, when that happened, that's when I realized, okay, cool. The, the answer actually is just to look inside and move, move in a direction that feels good instead of the direction that you think you should go. Mm. Quick interruption here to tell you about our sponsor. I want to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring The Fizzle Show. FreshBooks is small business accounting software, and it's designed especially for you small businesses and freelancers out there. You know what we love at Fizzle is teaching you how to actually get up on your own two feet, be self-reliant, get yourself creating and earning a living doing something that you care about. In order to do that, you've got to earn revenue. And FreshBooks, for especially those freelancers out there, is what is going to be sort of the business intelligence side of collecting your money, okay? Because they make invoicing extremely easy. Now, I need to say that FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up. So if you've looked at it before, maybe look at it again. It's so easy to create professional looking invoices with FreshBooks. It takes about 30 seconds to create and send an invoice and your clients can pay you online. Listen, FreshBooks is offering listeners of The Fizzle Show one month of unrestricted access to all of the features inside of FreshBooks. To claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting the Fizzle Show and independent entrepreneurship. Here's what I've loved so far. I have loved hearing you talk about being in a situation, asking yourself, but isn't there more? Like there, there's parts of you that mm-hmm. were coming alive and then those parts were needed. There was necessary in your job that we squashed those. Come on, that's yeah. not what the job is right now, Ross. The Ross, the, the job is this thing over here. So please stop being like that. And, and you know, I've been in that situation, and it's kind of like, okay, th- that's what I should do. That's the smart thing. That's what I think I should do. Then, and then you find yourself working nights, uh, doing too much, and you you're just like, I'm over this. I'm done with this. And you quit. You pull the ripcord. You you eject your seat out of that job. And you have this, uh, you have a little fantasy on like uh, web development, doing some things on the side. I'll be freelancing and doing this stuff. But the people in your life are sort of reflecting back to you what you're, where you're, where you're really coming alive. Like that Howard Thurman quote, don't ask the world what it needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And it's like the world was, <laughs> the people around you were going like, dude, I love this origami thing. Uh, because they were responding to life. They were responding to you being alive. And it's like that create that started creating energy uh, that people that was palpable for people. And you had this very centering process of, of this thing. This was just like, hey, don't forget why you started this in the first place, because it's just sort of like fun in a completely inane way to make these little foldings of papers. So what is the very next thing you're going to do? You give yourself this project of one a day for all of 2014, I think you said. And so it, it, it's it's just this extremely personal, 
tangible, unsexy, un, uh, un unnotable, uncool, uncool, it's, it's, <laughs> profoundly <laughs> uncool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's literally the thing the nerdy kid did at lunch in high school. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's Oscar doing? Folding paper cranes? <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But exactly. for some reason, you're you're like you're finding this ex- this this life in this this expression. It feels like play to you, and you make a commitment to that. Uh, because you were inspired by a commitment that someone y- you admire made to like a practice that like they wanted to do. And, and so you did that same thing and and you stayed specific about it. What is the next animal I'm going to fold? What is the next mm-hmm. color paper? What's the next size? Just getting specific about the very next thing, because these are like Steph was saying, the things that you can control. And I love, right. I love like, like this. I feel like there's this there's this, okay, so here's, a, here's an interesting thing. It's one thing, to because obviously the big story here is like, holy crap, this guy did it. He found a way to support himself doing something that he just utterly enjoys. To some, like, find a way to get paid. Alan Watts talks about, I, I, like anybody, like any sensible person, I've done, I've done the thing all the sensible people would do. I found a way to get paid to do something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like it's, there's, no more to, there's no more to it than that, right? And you've done it. Like, you found a way to get paid doing something that you enjoy, right? And you have to be scrappy and all this other stuff. And, and so there's a big story about that. But then to me, there's this other story, because I've been in this vein for a while now. Uh, and I watch the way that my own personal interest comes and goes, right? And some days it's easy to go like, I'm going to fold a crane on green paper and just be like, that's enough. And other days it's like, I'm going to fold a, gra- a crane on green paper and why? What the hell? What's the point of it? Isn't there like, am I, is this, does this even matter? Do you get into moments like that? And if you do, what have you learned about being in moments like that? So one of the things that I only like once my Instagram following started picking up and I couldn't, I mean, obviously it's, it's, there's a big ego thing that happens. And fortunately for me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I have my ego in control. It is, it, it's out of control most of the time, but was that starting to do things for other people? you know, and putting stuff out there because you think like, okay, I'm folding this green crane, but, and it makes me feel good. And I do it because I love it. But if I post a picture of it, someone's going to know that I folded a green crane before. And I have to have this, oh, I don't have to, but I do have this battle in my head of like, am I going to post it? Because now people are watching, you know, now it's this thing because the, the, the 365 day project is done. And now I use Instagram as a marketing channel. So now I have to think about, okay, well, I don't have to, but I do. I think like, if I post this, is it potentially going to bring me in another job? Or are people going to unfollow me? Which is a a big thing. I mean, when you're, it's like anything, when you start getting popular, I mean, I've never been popular in, in anything. And I'm not saying I'm popular now, but my Instagram account tells me that what I'm doing is something that people can relate to. And I have a following growing. It's not my following. It is people that have opted in to click on a little button. Yeah. But I've worked out that I can use that to, firstly, to get my ideas out there, which is, that's, that's more important for me than the amount of money in my bank account. But I need to survive as well. So there's that kind of fight that I have 
every now and then with myself. Like, and, and at the beginning of this year, I just decided I'm going to go back to that thing of, you know what, I'm just going to post it because it looks cool. So I've started playing with video and, and doing different things. And you can see, well, I can see on my Instagram account, like it's, it's gone through phases of, okay, cool. Well, I had a bit of a, you know, maybe I was on holiday there or I was doing a different style there, but it was very curated. It was very like, I was aiming at, I could, I could see myself aiming at like, well, this could potentially please the crowd and grow my following more or whatever the case was. But now the fact, and now that I've just gone back to, okay, cool. Well, let's just get back to the origami, stick to the basics, do what you enjoy. And everything just has fallen into place. So hold on. So that's kind of what I, am I hearing you right in saying that like, Okay, that once the 365 project was done, then you would have to come up with sort of other ideas. Uh, and sometimes those were like maybe more ego-driven, more like maybe they'll really like this, and a little less sort of like just erupting from the ground up, from, your, from yourself like out, right? Um, and then you, you kind of, like, is that what you mean when you're saying you see these kind of cycles on the thing and then you kind of come back to the origami, come back to the like, Hey, remember why you started doing this? Am I hearing you right about that? Absolutely. And I, I, like I said, I mean, I can see the times where I wasn't feeling good. It reflects in my Instagram account. I mean, it's difficult. Huh. I could point it out if I was explaining it to somebody, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I can see, I'm like, I wasn't inspired there. Yeah, and I can see now that the stuff I've been posting lately, I'm like, cool, there's a bit of fire in there again. Yeah, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm, okay, I'm okay. Tell it. me about fire. Tell me about that word fire. There's a bit of fire in there again. Just what are your like? Give me more words about what that means to you. The it's almost like the time it takes me to come up with the idea, create the piece of content, and put it onto Instagram is so short because it just flows out of me, yeah. as opposed to. Me thinking about for weeks. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah. in two weeks' time, I'm gonna post what's Monday the seventeenth is this holiday, and I could yeah. post this <laughs> totally. thing. It'll totally. get a lot of likes and totally. comments and blah blah blah. And that's that's all it is. I can just feel it. I'll wake up like yesterday was uh, whenever it was. There was uh, it was the thirty first of January was backward day. Yeah, and I heard it in a meditation I was doing. The lady on the app said, today is backward day. Why not try to do things backward? And I was like, cool. I'm just going to record myself folding a little origami thing backwards. Posted it on Instagram and it was awesome. It took me half an hour and it was amazing. And it, it, it just flowed out. And that's that fire that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that that's just how easy it is for inspiration and creativity and ideas to flow through you when you're in that state. Okay, how easy it is for inspiration ideas to flow through you when you're in that state. Okay, when I now in my life, that state, I'm going to just throw out some words that that state sort of means to me or has been. Um, it's it's it is a state of presence. It is a state of of uh, whatever the opposite of cynicism is. It's sort of childlike. It's like normally grinning a little bit. Uh, ear to ear in some ways, right? Yeah. Everything's exciting. Everything is interesting. Everything is beautiful uh, because I'm not holding myself to some standard uh, that belongs to someone else, to someone else's standard. I'm not saying this will be successful if it gets this result or that result. For some reason, there's just these moments where it flows. You keep using that word. I've always used that word. Rumi used that word when he said from this uh, uh, well, I can't, am I going to get it? it? Okay. I'm going to do my roomy <laughs> poem real quick. All right. He says, I believe God will give me my daily bread. Next stanza. 
When I go after what I think I want, I don't know if you remember, but when earlier on in this conversation, we were talking about what I think I want. When I go after what I think I want, my life is a furnace of distress and anxiety. Mm. But, he doesn't say but in the poem, but you need it when you say it orally. <laughs> but when I sit in my place of patience, what I want flows to me. Okay, what I want flows to me. So when Rumi talks about, he says, when I sit in my place of patience, this is not somebody else's place. This is not, uh, uh, this is not, this is not like I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to become something more than I currently already am. And it's my place of patience. It's not, I can't wait. It's not, oh, it would be so great if it's not, mm-hmm. it's something it's, it, it, so for him, it's my place of patience. And this is in Daniel Ladinsky's trans- translation of it, I believe. Um, oh no, it's not actually. Anyways, I geek out on, I geek, I go so geek out on fucking yeah. mystic ancient poetry. So just forgive me that one. But you use this term flow and I, I don't know, I guess, I guess all I'm trying to do is draw that out for the listener to hear this concept of flow. And it's something that's been talked about in, in more sort of like research-based productivity modes as well. You don't have to be like woo-woo spirituality, Wayne Dwyer and Rumi to, to get into this, <laughs> yeah, you know, because exactly. there's this great book by Chikai, Nick Chikai, I can't remember his name, called Flow. And it's about the sort of the science and the psychology of flow, which is not dissimilar to that experience when you're driving and then you go, wait a minute, who's been driving this car for the last eight miles? <laughs> yeah. How the hell did we get home? <laughs> you know? So, um, so, I'm, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing in my head is like these two big stories. The first one is accessible to more people. And it's this idea of like, you are doing this thing and you're feeling these things that are making you come alive. And then in order to stay successful in your job, you have to crush those things. You have to crush yourself to do it. And you're strong and you're, you're tough, right? And you're smart and you can crush those things to be successful. Um, just know that when you're doing that, you're pursuing success in air quotes, success over yourself, right? And what, what Ross's story is showing us is there's this other path where you can choose instead yourself. You are not guaranteed success. Welcome to the furnace and the nightmare of like, how are we going to pay the bills? But your concession here is Oh my God, I am happy. (laughs) I am satisfied. I have energy. I have ideas. These things just flow out of me. So there's this one big story, which is like, hey, there's a way to follow sort of your, what, what interests you, what makes you come alive. There is a way, and we have a huge podcast we just did on this. Uh, about about is follow your passion. Why follow your passion is terrible and necessary advice. Um, But then there's this other story, which is like, okay, I started following my passion, quote unquote. I started pursuing my care. I started pursuing what made me come alive. And it worked. I started really enjoying things. I started seeing some results from it and that like just people in my life were going, I love what you're doing on Instagram. My Instagram following started growing, right? It started working. And then we have these like, and then it's like, okay, so now how do we stay in that? That's a very different question. And we've, we've talked already, we already have talked quite a bit about, about that. Steph, do you want to say something? 
Yeah, I think, well, there's one thing just to, just to even deepen what you're saying right now, Chase. What's interesting to me and what's amazing is, so Ross has told us about how he's kind of stayed in this area of flow that Chase is talking about. And what's amazing, and Ross, you're probably aware of this, but maybe you haven't really thought about this super consciously, but even in, so I, as our listeners know, I am like the person who receives all of our email, right? And Ross reaches out to us to tell a little bit about his story. And you guys, I receive a bajillion million emails and a lot of people have asked us to be on this podcast and no one has ever been a guest on this podcast before. No one. So why is, why is Ross here right now? Because all of the things that he's saying, literally, we should probably like either read out his email or publish it because it comes across even in email. It's sort of like, hey, I was this guy who was miserable. I started folding this paper. I started this Instagram where I was super disciplined and diligent. I posted every day and now I'm here. And I just want to tell my story because this has been a really mm. cool ride. Mm. And I immediately forwarded to Chase. I was like, hey, is it me or is this guy awesome? And Chase was like, yeah, he, yeah, he is. <laughs> so I think it's really I think it's really amazing that this, when you can get in this zone that um, Ross is telling us about, it really does kind of just take over everything. It's even in your email correspondence. And a lot of people ask us, how do I get partnerships? How do I get on like big podcasts? I think this has a lot to do with it. It's the authenticity and the curiosity and the sort of, I don't know, there's almost like this tone of, I don't need this, you know? And it's so, it's so interesting to me that that sort of attitude works in so many areas of life. It works in dating. You know, we've all kind of been at the bar and you know, the guy who just clearly wants to go home with somebody, anybody, like when you become <laughs> that person in business, it's a problem. So it's really interesting. I think that everything that Ross is talking about, it kind of just like, it's like this cloud that follows him, even in sending an email to be on this podcast. Yeah. So I just think it's really cool. Everything that's, that's happened for me is, uh, are things that have happened to other people that they've written in books, that they've said on podcasts, on TV shows. Everyone's telling the story of how to do it, but nobody's listening to it. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, yeah that's a yeah. good idea. Wow, that's whoa, great whoa, whoa. advice. Hold I'm on, hold on. Say that again. Say that again. Everybody's yeah, telling every the story of like how to do this, but nobody's listening to it. Ooh. Yeah, well, everybody's listening to it, but they're not hearing it. They're not feeling it. They're not taking all that advice. It's just, it's easier to just go have a beer or <laughs> cappuccino then like because you feel inspired i mean hopefully one person listens to this and and what we're talking about now and and feels it and then acts on it yeah i think that it's taking action and that first step it could be the next step could be the 10th step whatever it's just about taking that step moving that because it's almost like that that fire that state whatever is it's an energy that either enters you or you create or you're a part of whatever and it wants to move you forward, but it can't physically move you forward. You need to take that step, which is taking action and step into wherever that idea or inspiration wants to go. And that's what happens to most people. They, they sit and they're like, oh yeah, but I just, you know, I tried and it didn't happen. It's not about trying. It's about trying and not stopping until you die. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, you just go for it until... It, well, it okay, happens so, for you. So camp there for a second, because that makes, that makes me go like, all right, so for you to say, I'm going to make uh, uh, an origami thing every day, like my, my, my real gentle language about your craft, an origami thing. Hey, if you're going to make an origami <laughs> thing every day, I don't know, what if I, uh, frogs or whatever, I don't know what you do. But if you can, you're like, I'm going to make a, a, a piece of origami every day for a year. Okay, so... The investment of time in that is you're like maybe five anywhere from five to forty minutes a day on that. Is that is that typical? 
Yeah, well, that's the, uh, but that's just folding the thing. So when I was doing, so just to get into a little bit of the origami side. So origami, yeah. ancient art, ancient, ancient Japanese art of folding paper and origami design itself has only in the last sort of 50 to 60 years really been explored in terms of coming up with new designs. There were a set of designs, like a bunch of what you call bases. So you'd have like the frog base, the uh, it's frog fish, windmill, whatever, the basic things that at some point during your life, you have folded something. If yeah. you folded a paper jet, you folded origami. If you folded those little, uh, I don't know what they're called, like fortune teller things where you're like, okay, pick a number, choose mm-hmm. the top one. Yeah, that's origami. And those are all based on the very simple principles of origami. And those, all those, those uh, bases and whatever, eventually someone just decided, well, let's just explore this further. And that's been happening in the last 50 to 60 years. So there's been, there's this massive amount of uh, content in terms of uh, diagrams and YouTube tutorials and, and books online and, and in uh, libraries and stuff where you can go and find all these designs and you can fold them. You can't sell them because that it's essentially copyright. If someone's designed an origami piece and you fold it and sell it, it's essentially, you know, you, you're breaking a copyright rule there, but you're allowed to fold it, take a photo of it and post it onto Instagram. So that's what I did. I was like, well, these people have folded all these designs. So, oh, well, they've, they've designed all these designs and they're freely available online. So I just took those. And I, the hardest thing for me was, just to get back to the, the uh, question, was yeah. finding, you know, it's five minutes to 40 minutes of folding or following the t- tutorial or reading the diagram. But finding what I was going to fold next was was kind of tricky because, mm. and I didn't start like, cool, I didn't have the whole year planned out. I knew like three or four days in advance what I was going to fold. Okay, so, so stop there for up. a second. How important was that piece? And you mentioned this before. How important to you is that piece to being in flow? Well, for me, I didn't, I didn't overwhelm myself. Um, maybe because I'm lazy. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to think too far ahead of where this could go. And I think it comes with, you know, just everything that I've practiced throughout my life up until this point. Yeah. But don't get too caught up in like, because if you think about it, had I started this project at the beginning of 2014 and thought to myself, you know, okay, I want to do a 365 day project, which at the time were very popular projects. There's a lot of those going on now where you just post one thing every day for the year. Yeah. And I thought, cool, I'm going to fold on day one, I'm going to fold a crane. Day two, a rabbit. Day three, a this, that, and then gone through the whole entire year. I would have, I wouldn't have even folded day two, because I would just would have been like, well, how the hell am I going to do this? Where am I going to find all this stuff? Yeah. So yeah. I kept, yeah. I kept it short. I think I kept the, I kept my, I kind of had to reel my inspiration in in a way. Like I had to keep it like, well, don't get too ahead of yourself. And how I did that, particularly for this project, was I set themes for each week. So I would do a dragon theme for the next week. And then I knew all I had to think about was what's next week's theme. So I thought, cool, next week I'll do flowers, origami flowers, designs, cool, find the designs and then fold them daily. Then the next week would be butterflies, cool, find butterflies. And that's kind of how I just kept, kept ahead of, you know, my anxiety and thoughts of where this whole thing could go at bay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Ross, I'd be curious to know what a little bit more about that. So what do you think the danger was of looking too far ahead? Like, why was that? Why do, when you say, I don't think I would have even have done day two if I had planned the whole thing. Why is that? I think just the enormity or, or what you think, how, how big you think a year is and how much time mm-hmm. it is. And, and like a 365 of, of anything is a lot. 
So now you need to invest. It's like, well, you're speaking about, you know, between five minutes and an hour each day. Like, wow, it's a lot of time. What if I go away on holiday? Which I did. I, I, I did it through the holidays. I went away for three weeks, but I planned for it. So I knew right. that I just have to post it on, on that specific day. And, but had, had I thought too far ahead, it, it, it's just the size of what you think a year looks like or what this whole project looks like. Because I, while I was doing the project, I remember bumping into a girl who was like, she wants to do a 365-day yoga project. And I was like, that's amazing. Go do it. That's cool. She, and, and I said, cool. So have you started it yet? Have you started doing anything with it? She's like, no, I'm still planning it. So um, I want to do mm. that. And I'm like, well, what are you planning? What, what do you have to plan? She's like, yeah, I just want it to be like perfect. And just that I was like, you know, going about it all wrong. And I mean, huh. the whole perfection thing, like just to touch on that, like I'm, I'm not a perfectionist at all. And I think that's, that's the one thing I have going for me because it's not that I don't care about what I put out, but I just know that, you know, 80% is good enough for me because also at the rate at which you put stuff out these days, by the time your next thing comes in, as long as it's, a little, or as long as it feels a bit better than the last thing, then you're winning. You know, oh, you're only man. as good, only as good as your last, your last show. That's so good. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we should wrap this up here. So I have one big question here for you, Ross. Why did this work? Well, in your words, <laughs> in your words to you, why really did this question. work? Um, okay. Uh, let's think about this. I, I don't know if there's one specific thing that made it work, but I just, I, I have an insatiable desire to create. I just have to be creating stuff all the time. And I just picked up that, I, you know what, you, can, can I tell you honestly what I think made this work was the fact that the few years before I started the project, I did a lot of self-investigation. Yeah, I looked deep inside and I had to admit a lot of things to myself that, that you don't want to admit, man. Like there's, there's things that everybody's got them and you're just like, well, you know, there's things that you think you're good at. You think you're funny. You think you're this, you think you're that. You, you think like I used to, I played guitar for so long and I was like, I was okay. But no one ever told me like, just put that down and go fold paper, man. So I just, I felt that, or I feel that me going through that and, and really finding out who I was and being honest with myself and, and being honest with the people around me helped me get to that point. And as far as moving forward and, and you know, doing the whole origami thing, it was just, I wasn't, I don't think I've ever been searching for that one thing that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Even now, I mean, the origami thing for me is, it's, it's awesome. I love it, but I'm under no impression that it's going to be the final thing that I do. You know, mm -hmm. I might still be folding paper in 50 years time, but it also might not be the thing that I'll be making money from. And I think as long as you can, for anyone who's listening, like if you can just be honest with yourself and find that little bit of interest in something, because often I speak to people and it's almost like you tell them like, well, you ask them, so what are your interests? What do you, and it's like, I like this thing, whatever. It's like, okay, well, show me some stuff. And then they show me, it's like, wow, that's amazing. You should put that on Instagram or, you know, have you shown anyone this? They're like, no, it's not really, I'm not, just put it out there. And particularly with creative people, and maybe it's all people, but particularly creative people, because I've been around a lot of them and I'm around them uh, most of my day. They just have this, this thing inside them that doesn't want to, they, they want it to be perfect. They want this piece of what they think is 
a part of them that they're sending out there. Yes, it is a part of you, but it's not the part of you. It's not the part of you that if it gets, you know, kicked around and or burnt, it's not, not going to be a, any indication as to what kind of person you are or, you know, whether you're going to be successful in life or, or whatever. So I just, I was just, I've never been scared to stand up and say, well, this is what I can do, even if it's shit. Honestly, I just put it out there. And I think that that's probably one of the main things that's, that have, that's helped me get to where I am. So well, I'm hearing you say, this is actually quite profound. I'm hearing you say, uh, it's successful. This worked because of who I became, not because it was this particular thing or because of any particular tactics. It was because it's because who I was was pursuing what made me come alive. And I'm not convinced that it, you know, origami will always be that thing, but I am convinced that that's what I'm here to do is pursue what makes me come alive. Am I hearing you right with that? Absolutely. And, and it's, I mean, it's, it's not specific to me or to you guys or to anyone. It's like, this can happen to anyone. I mean, back to what we were talking about earlier, if everyone's been talking about it, all the books, all the artists, all the poets, all the speakers, everyone has been saying it. They're like, cool, you just need to do this thing. Just go and like you say, follow your dreams or follow your passion, whatever. Most of us don't really know what those are. No. I still don't know what my dreams are. <laughs> I'm, yeah. right. Honestly, I, I really don't. And I'm okay with that. But I know that this thing that I'm doing right now, that next little thing that I'm folding makes me happy. And I, for me, that's enough right now. And, and mm. I'm, you know, externally what's happening outside of me and the reaction that I've got from all this means that by me going and stopping and just focusing on what that next thing is, is working. And mm. I'm just going to continue to do that. If paper gets swapped out for clay and if clay gets swapped out for a guitar and if a guitar gets swapped out for a hammer and a chisel, whatever those tools are, if I'm happier you know, hitting a hammer against the wall in five years time than I am folding paper. I'll do that. That's it. Mm, love it. Steph, anything else you want to ask? I, no, I, I don't want to ask anything else. I just want to repeat my favorite part of what Ross just said, which is I don't know what my dreams are and I'm okay with that. Man, I don't know about you, Chase, but for me, that just like releases some kind of pressure valve or something. Yeah. It just I can just like breathe into that. And I think so many people, you know, Chase and I have been talking a lot lately about journaling and we just did this big journaling webinar. And a lot of people had questions like, but how do I know who I am? How do I know what I like? How do I know what my dream is? And uh, I, I don't know this is the, the word we used when we did that webinar was simple. And by simple, we meant uncomplicated. And there is something just profoundly simple and uncomplicated about what Ross is following. And it's just kind of this question of what is making me happy right now that I can get into and, and play with and have some curiosity with. And I don't have to worry about what my big dream is. And I don't know, there's something just very refreshing and approachable about that, I think. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ross, thank you so much for joining us on The Fizzle Show, man. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Thank you guys so, so much for having me. This, this has been a blast. <laughs> So there you have it. All right. Thank you, Ross, for being brave enough to share. I loved your story. Loved, 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 loved hearing from you. Thank you, Ross. Everybody check out Ross White on Rice at Instagram and say thanks for joining us on The Fizzle Show. Let's show him how much we appreciate his story. 
If you want to learn more about Ross or leave a comment about this message or about this show, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 204. That's where all the show notes from this episode are. And listen, if you are into this conversation, if there's something in you that's like clicking about this, you have to check out our free training on how to journal for vision and motivation. It's all about getting into yourself, finding out what turns you on, what lights you up, what tickles your bits, all right? And that's what Ross is talking about, started his whole experiment. So you can get that free training when you go to fizzle.co slash journal, or I've put a link to it in the show notes. Okay, so at fizzleshow.co slash 204, fizzleshow.co slash 204. Here's an iTunes review from Imperfect Lee, who says it's an acquired taste that's worth acquiring show. The Fizzle Show is hands down the best podcast for entrepreneurs. And yes, it took me a while to get into it. Sometimes I found it funny and charming. Other times I found it confusing and weird. And then I joined Fizzle. The paid membership program and all of it clicked into place. There's so much great information in this free podcast, but combined with the video courses, coaching calls, and online forum that comes with Fizzle membership, it all makes sense. I see just how much the Fizzle crew cares about their listeners and members. It truly feels like a family, so it makes sense why the podcast includes informal banter as well as practical advice. And now I'm addicted. Each episode provides inspiration and concrete steps on how I can grow my business. And I look forward to Fizzle Fridays every single week. Do yourself and your business a favor. Give this podcast a listen and check out the membership program. It's so worth it. Oh my God, Imperfect Lead. That's like the best. You you did all my work for me. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Listener, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. If you leave us an iTunes review, it can just help us keep doing this work because it helps other people find the show. I want to have more iTunes review than any any show out there. I just, I just love hearing from you guys, and I read one out on the air, so I might read yours. So please leave us an iTunes review. You can open up iTunes, the iTunes store, click, uh, search for The Fizzle Show, and click write a review. Okay, that's it for this episode. May you find what makes you come alive and be able to pursue some of that in your life. Pursuing your curiosity, your personal interests, investing in topics and tasks that delight you, even if they don't have any any sort of business sort of thing. You might be amazed how much your business can be impacted by these kinds of things. How much your revenue can be impacted by pursuing things with that gusto that comes when you're personally invested, you're personally involved. Like we talked about in the passion episode, it is a double-edged sword, okay? So listen to that episode, why finding your passion is terrible but necessary advice. Okay, find out more thoughts in that episode. That's uh, episode 201, fizzleshow.co slash 201. And get into that free webinar training at fizzle.co slash journal. You're going to like that one. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.